0: Welcome to Beyond the Capital from Supertech and our brand new series. This year, the Commonwealth Games are coming to Birmingham. So to celebrate, we'll be doing our own baton relay. We're making virtual visits to as many of the Commonwealth countries as we can, exploring their startup and scale-up scenes. And we'll hear from UK-based businesses with Commonwealth connections. Beyond the Capital is the podcast series that explores the professional services tech scene outside of London. I'm Hilary Smith Allen, long standing champion of professional services in the regions. In this episode, I'm speaking to Rachel Nightingale, Senior Counsel at Walkers Global in Bermuda. We're going to be finding out about how Bermuda has become one of the world's leading jurisdictions for regulating digital asset businesses. Thanks for joining us today, Rachel. Delighted to hear about all things from Bermuda. Could you start by telling us a bit about your role at Walkers Global?
1: Yes, sure. So um, when I joined Walkers Bermuda in the office, I was an associate and since then I've become senior counsel and I specialize now in corporate transactional work, but also um, advising on the digital asset business regime we have in Bermuda. I advise companies on getting their license for a digital asset business and also um, if they want to conduct any offerings, so digital asset offerings, I also advise on that framework as well. The Bermuda office is one of 10 of our offices worldwide, and we advise on six areas of law. So I have the access to a global network of um, fintech specialists, which is really fantastic, We got on a call every month and we share knowledge of what's going on on a global scale on each jurisdiction. So in terms of the knowledge share I get by being part of the fintech team internationally is really fantastic and um, really enjoying it so far. Can you
0: go into a little bit more detail then about Bermuda specifically and, and its approach to fintech and regulation? Because it's quite pioneering, isn't it?
1: yeah so in two thousand and eighteen, Bermuda wanted to create effectively an extra pillar to their economy, and they saw that as uh, regulating digital asset businesses. I think we were one of the first jurisdictions to bring out um regulatory Um, or licensing um, regime for digital asset businesses. So we introduced two pieces of legislation, which was the Digital Asset Business Act and also our ICO legislation, which since has been updated. The real pioneering element of it was that Bermuda is a really reputable jurisdiction and really credible regulator. So we have one regulator here who's the Bermuda Monetary Authority and they have about 40 years experience of regulating the insurance industry. So what they did was they took the same framework that applies to insurance companies and adapted it for digital asset businesses, which really helped because a lot of service providers here on Ireland understood that legislation. they would been doing it for so many years. So people like myself as a lawyer could just adapt the way that we um, practiced and being able to advise so we basically got to hit the ground running with regulating digital asset businesses because it was based on that insurance industry since then we've changed a lot to do with our scope of what the digital asset business act actually regulates because as you know the fintech industry is constantly changing there's new assets there's there's new projects coming out so yeah, so we've changed the legislation already. I think three times it's been updated because when we it first was launched, it was really focused on um, issuing tokens and redeeming tokens and setting up exchanges. And now we do derivative exchanges. We do. We can regulate DeFi companies. We look at market makers. So the great thing about being a smaller jurisdiction is we are able to adapt and the regulators super keen to follow what the industry is doing and provide effectively certainty for them um because that's the biggest problem digital asset businesses have is they the lack of certainty they want to do these amazing innovative products but they're scared of you know falling foul of some regulation and and where you have places like the US that hasn't got specific uh, regulation or licensing. It is quite terrifying. So Bermuda really does provide real certainty and the government has really pushed, the re- well, not necessarily pushed the regulator, but pushed um, the service industry to create this form of ecosystem here. So not only do we have regulated entities coming here, but they also brought in um, Banking licences, so trying to get licences for people to come and set up banks that will bank fintech companies, because that's another big area that people are struggling with. They've also set up a digital nomad scheme. So with COVID and people working remotely, they offered um, work permits for people to come here and reside for a year. Ideally, like trying to attract more of those tech experts to come here and create a great bit of knowledge share. So what I would say that's different compared to maybe some other offshore jurisdictions is we actually have people here and we have fintech experts here and service providers. And that's worked really, really well. And it's been really exciting to be part of it. And especially as I've only been here, this is my fifth year now, it's great to be part of a growing and new industry because I don't have the 40 years experience of insurance. So from my perspective, it, it was just great timings that I came and it, it started. And I've been able to see it from the very beginning, which has worked really, really well in my favour. There's so much
0: within that, isn't there? Because you've got that resonance with some of the UK having very established financial services, the insurance industry, I think lawyers of London, etc. Yeah. But combined with an ambition that I think we would, say we have here and you know you being from the UK originally but somehow you've got that nimbleness combined with the ambition and then also seeing regulation as a lever for innovation not a mm. barrier for innovation is really quite interesting Correct. in in that ambition
1: Yeah, and I would say we're very lucky because the regulators set up a specific fintech specialist team who are really super collaborative and they always ask for like industry feedback. So the thing I found really bizarre living in Bermuda from the UK is I input on legislation. They ask for industry feedback as a lawyer. So I get to look at what legislation is coming out, give them feedback, speak to them directly about what we're seeing in the market, how we could improve our regulation or licensing. And that's something that's been an amazing experience here, I would say. And because the government's so proactive here, they have set up the Bermuda Business Development Agency, which is effectively um, they go out and sell um, the jurisdiction to um, potential businesses and they've set up like a subcommittee for technology so we're on that committee with other um service providers on the island and we have a forum then to feedback on legislative changes and things like that so it is so nimble like you said and being able to really impact that's a really great thing i think and and really good for the industry as well because they're always coming up with new innovative products. So something's got to change. You can't stick on the traditional path all the time. So yeah, it's definitely been something that Bermuda's really tried to capitalise on here. Do you think Bermuda then is leading the globe on this stage? I, I mean, I like to think so. I definitely think being one of the first out the blocks with it has really, really helped. And I would definitely say, The last year or so, I've seen a real transition of the type of companies looking to set up here. So we've advised Gemini on setting up their captive here. We've advised BlockFi on their digital asset business license. Circle also have an exchange licensed here. So we're really starting to have conversations with those massive, almost institutional kind of fintech companies. So there's definitely... um, push to look to us and also with our proximity to the U.S. really, really helps because obviously a lot of these companies are predominantly U.S. based and with the lack of regulation and certainty there, they're looking for another jurisdiction to reside in. It was interesting when you talked before about
0: the people element, that there are people on the island actually doing it. And obviously the last year or so beyond has been challenging, but do you get a sense of community coming together?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, we have a lot of meetings in persons here with other fintech specialists. We work a lot with other teams on referrals and, and things like that. And one of the um, requirements in Bermuda is that if you have one of these licences, depending on which tier you fall under, um, you have to have some form of substance here. So they do have to employ individuals here. So, um they will come to the island and we'll have meetings often board meetings are held here for again for substance requirements, so we will have directors often flying for meetings, and we'll host the meeting, so, yeah, definitely, there is a community here and the one thing i really enjoy about working in fintech is everybody knows everybody so um you know you'll be working on one deal and they'll be like oh you're helping my friend and they're doing this and you and you connect all the dots and that's what i really like is i do think fintech's very special in that it does have an ecosystem and and often they all know each other so i mean from working as an attorney here like That's amazing because it helps with referrals. Like everybody, if they have a good experience, they're going to tell their friend to come to us. So there's definitely an ecosystem set up here for fintech. And it's interesting hearing you talk about
0: the larger ones, you know, getting some real scale because fintech has been a new entrant, been on a a very accelerating journey. We've seen that within the UK. Ron Khalifa said in his review for Treasury that fintech is no longer a subsector. It's it's an intrinsic way of how financial services are delivered. Mm-hmm. So are you seeing that growth across all levels or from the very early stage or is it a particular sweet spot that you think Bermuda's able to support?
1: No, so the way the way our licensing regime works is that we have effectively three different types of licenses you can have. So we have a T license which is like a test or a pilot license. And then we have a modified license, which is like your sandbox, and then a full license. So the big industry players are all going for full licenses. They've been in the market, they've tested their product, they know what they're doing. But we do have the capability for those smaller startup businesses who just want to try a product in an industry and see how it goes. Um, So we do have that capability here. And consequently, The requirements for that T license or the test license are a lot lower. So you don't have to set up premises here. You don't have to have people here straight away. And I think that's what's been really productive in helping those startups, because when we first started out, we only had the sandbox and the full license. And it was just too much for a startup, really. The cost of like a lease and employees, you know, sometimes wipes out all their finances for like the first few years. So I think that's what Bermuda has been great at, really adapting it and and improving the model we had so that people can come here to test products um, and see how they work, really. And outside of work, it sounds fantastic from a
0: fintech business growth point of view, but beyond the capital was a bit more than that. Yeah, we believe in work life balance and the whole rounded offering of of other other places that aren 't naturally on people 's radars. God, tell us about your relocation then how 's it been <laughs>
1: um, it 's been good it 's been a whirlwind I still can 't believe i I live here in terms of work life balance I have a really great team and a great boss who um, really values I'd say family life which really helps um, so I've just started my family here so being able to go home at a reasonable hour is wonderful but I would say that's more of the nature of offshore is that I'm often not running the whole merger I'm part of a bigger merger so um, that's the difference really I would say with like onshore offshore but yeah, the work life balance great. We have agile working now, as sure everyone does with COVID. So that's really helped. But I can't say that um I don't feel privileged at the weekend to be at the beach. <laughs> 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 a lot of beach, a lot of golf. It's yeah, it's very nice. Oh, that sounds absolutely wonderful. And <laughs> the weather's a little bit more clement. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely.
0: <laughs> so just wrapping this up and thinking about lessons learned and and key insights from your career and from where the places around the world that you've worked what what would you like to share with our audience any any lessons learned any top tips I
1: think I would just say that really believing in yourself and your own ability as someone who probably suffers a bit with like self-confidence I kind of think early in my career I really listened to what people's views were of me and where my career would go. And I never foresaw that I would even win BYPY legal years and years ago and that I'd be in Bermuda. So I really do think the sky is the limit. And I really think you should just believe in yourself and your own abilities and always remember that even when you're having some form of negative criticism, just believe in yourself and what you can achieve. Fantastic.
0: Was it really easy to transport your career is UK law yeah like people think that that it would do English law at that isn't it I mean it's hard sometimes to to transport yourself within the UK with different jurisdictions was that something that you would encourage others to do
1: or explore yeah definitely um I mean when I was in Birmingham, I found that loads of my friends were going to Dubai. And I was like, oh, everyone's going to Dubai. and Dubai I was, was very confused. years. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, no. And then um, I got the opportunity to come to Bermuda. And it, it was a terrifying leap of faith. But the most difficult thing is, although it's based on UK law principles or English law principles, it is different. And you have to Um, eat some humble pie and feel like you're back to being a trainee. So for the first few years, you're relearning everything like you have your obviously your your legal basis from the UK, but it is it is different. And I would never have done like regulation of digital assets in the UK. But being an offshore lawyer means you have to be flexible. And, you know, I've advised on corporate insurance and funds here because that's our sectors. So I I would say definitely do it, but only if you're comfortable with relearning and, um, really putting yourself out there on trying new things. That doesn't sound like somebody who just described themselves as low confidence. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, definitely. It's just a a big learning curve again. It's like when you first start out as a lawyer, it's like your learning curve is just on a crazy trajectory. And it's just the same here, like you just have to start learning again, um, and building that confidence up again. But yeah, I definitely say do it if you have the opportunity. My view was when I when I was given the opportunity was, am I going to regret going or not going? And it always was, I'm going to regret not going. So I'd rather go and fail and come back home. But five years on, I'm still here. (laughs) Still there. And what about the next five years? What does the future hold for Rachel? Hopefully, if you had a crystal ball? Yeah, hopefully they'll still keep me, I think. Um, With the um, work permits here, they're renewed on a three-year basis. So Me and my partner just always have had the discussion that we just uh, live for three years and then see what happens every three years. So for the time being, we're enjoying it and that's the way we view things. Thank you so much for your time today. No, thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: That was Rachel Nightingale, Senior Counsel at Walkers Global in Bermuda. If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate, review and subscribe or follow Beyond the Capital on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm Hilary Smith-Allen.